Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. I want to continue this morning on the subject of prayer. Recently, the Holy spoke to me. Holy Spirit spoke to me. Get ya. <laughs> I'm talking to myself because I'm still in the men's conference. Okay. And impressed in my heart that we have to increase and intensify prayer on all levels. That is your personal life, your marriage, your home cell, your zone, your business, your church. Some of you should stop worrying about the future and you should pray about the future. Can I have an amen? Some of you, before you consult with your directors, and I don't care what people believe, if you are the owner of the company, you have the right to lead that company for the glory of God and in the name of Jesus Christ, unapologetically. If I was a teacher, I would open my class in the morning in prayer, unashamedly. I will not have this moment of silence that uh, the world wants us to have. We meet with the president and uh, the religious leaders and he will always say, now let's have a moment of reflection. I think we've reflected enough. We need to pray about the future of South Africa because God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways and pray, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And how many of you know there's a lot of healing and restoration that has to take place in South Africa? Come on, give me a drink break and give the Lord a praise in Jesus' Name. So James chapter 5, verse number 13, I read from the Amplified and you know, we're still dealing with a lot of things after COVID. People are still facing many issues, still suffering emotionally, financially, relationally. And this is not a negative statement. We may not be exactly where we want to be, but thank God we are not where we were. Let's just be happy we are not masked. Let's not just be happy there's no social distancing this morning. Let's be happy, happy that we can come to church without the army showing up and the police showing up and three arrest warrants against me on one Sunday. So James chapter 5 verse 13, the Bible says, Is anyone suffering? Let he must pray. And all the men say, is anyone suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone joyful? He must sing praises to God. Is anyone among you sick? He must call for the elders, spiritual leaders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins, your trespasses to one another, your false steps, your offenses. Pray for one another, not talk about one another, that you may be healed and restored. 
the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man or woman believer can accomplish much when put into action. It doesn't help we, we talk about prayer. We have to get praying. It doesn't help we hear about prayer. We have to get praying and get our prayer closets open again and get our homes as places of prayer again and get our leaders meetings places of prayer again because Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Listen, a prayerless people are a powerless people. A prayerless home is a powerless home. A prayerless person is a powerless person. You have to be a prayer in Jesus' name, not a Christian player. It says, when put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. Elijah was a man just like us, my version, with the same physical, mental, spiritual limitations and shortcomings. Sometimes we think these Old Testament saints or Peter had an advantage above us. Joshua who prayed for God when he fought against the enemies of Israel and, and the sun stood still. Jehoshaphat who prayed and God showed up. Well, yeah, the Bible makes it clear that Elijah was just like you and me. We know that he was in the valley of discouragement. We know that he had the same emotions. The Bible says shortcomings, but he was righteous by virtue of his faith in God. And when he prayed on God's instruction it did not rain and when he prayed again the Bible says it rained and remember rain is a sign of blessing and may I remind you that 2022 we have a promise of divine orchestrated breakthrough in Jesus name we have a promise that you will recover your losses as a church as a business as a marriage it is God's year of divine orchestrated breakthrough say amen this morning in Jesus name so prayer when put into action I want to say it prayer when put into action is powerful it's the most powerful weapon God has given to His church. Satan has no power against a praying Christian. It neutralizes, diffuses, and confuses every plan of Satan against you. Isaiah 54, 17, the Bible says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. It releases God's angels on your behalf. We spoke about that last week. And if you were not here, listen to the message. There are more that are for you than those that be against you. If God opened your eyes, you would see tens and tens and tens of thousands of angels standing in this place, worshiping the living God. Why don't you join them for a moment and give this amazing God praise today. Come on in Jesus' name. Come on, you can do better than that. Hebrews 1.14 says they are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for or on behalf. So your prayer releases the angel. No prayer binds the angel assigned to you. Then prayer brings God's will into manifestation. Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then prayer moves the hand of God to intervene on our behalf. Prayer opens prison doors. Prayer causes God's deliverance 
to come on the battlefield. We don't run from a battle. We show up and we pray up and then God will show up and God will deliver us as He did Jehoshaphat. Prayer opens the eyes of the blind and unstops the ears of the deaf. So your son that is backslidden, don't talk about him. Pray about him and watch how he will have a spiritual encounter with God. Prayer lifts the veil of darkness over people's minds. I mean, uh, uh, really, nobody in his right mind will not follow this amazing Jesus Christ that we follow. Amen. It is because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the people, lest the light of the glorious gospel would shine into their hearts. So we have to pray for our friends and for our neighbours and for our family that this veil will be lifted from their minds. Because it's the only way, why, reason they are not turning to Christ, the God of this world. Ephesians 2 verse 2, the prince of the power of, this, of the air that works in the sons of disobedience, disobedience a result of Satan's activity in the person's life is broken through prayer. So we have the power to set the captives free through prayer. We can change our husbands, we can change our wives, we can change our children, we can change our neighbours, even those with a barking dog, amen, that we don't like. So prayer, prayer releases the anointing because Jesus said we have to lay hands on the sick and pray. It causes God's anointing to come and it destroys yokes and removes burdens. So when you lay hands on people and you say, Father, in Jesus' name, God shows up. But if you stand in the grocery line and you think, I want to I, I, I pray for the girl, I want to pray for the woman, and you never do, nothing's going to happen. You think about your neighbor, you don't pray, nothing's going to happen. You think about your brother that's backslidden and you don't pray, nothing's going to happen. When you pray, God moves. When you pray according to the will of God, the hand of God moves into your world. Are you listening to me this morning? Okay. So prayer is the engine room and we are rectifying it in CRC of the church. When the groaners and the travailers are at the altar, the altars will remain full. And I want to encourage you again. If you are called to the ministry of intercession, then show up on a Thursday night and show up pre-service meeting because your prayer affects people that walk into the meeting. So 2022 is your year of your God-orchestrated breakthrough. Say amen. So you have the promise, but now you have to do the prayer. Back to Elijah. James 5, 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Then he receives a promise. Yes, where many people go wrong. They think if God gives a promise, it's automatic. No, a prophecy or a promise is a revelation of God's preferable future for you. But whenever there is a promise, there will be spiritual opposition. Remember Daniel, when he prayed, the angel came to him and he said, Daniel, man greatly beloved, from the first day that you set your heart to seek me, I have come. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one and 20 days, but now I have come for your word. So when you begin to pray in line with God's will for your spouse, for your business, for your ministry, for your health, for your country, there will be opposition. For the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Christians want to live as if though they're not in a battle. My brother, 
Whether you're saved or not, you are in a battle. Sometimes people say, when I gave my life to Jesus, like all hell broke loose. No, look at people in the world. They are going through hell and torment 24-7. They commit suicide because they have no hope. They have no place to turn to. So eventually they think I'm going to end it all. So don't think Satan is kind to people in the world. They're being human trafficked. They're being abused, molested, drugs, murdered. So Satan hates humanity, every person alive on planet earth, because every human being, saved or not, carries the image of God in the world. And Satan wants to stomp that out through his works of evil. Now, when we become born again, our eyes open and Paul tells us, hey, you're engaged in a spiritual warfare. Everything God has meant for you, you have an opponent, 1 Peter 5. Your adversary, your opponent, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So when God has a plan for your life, Satan wants to thwart. The plan of God for your life through deception, through discouragement, through dissension, through division, through distraction. He is on duty 24-7 to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why the Bible says you have to be sober and you have to be vigilant and you have to pray always because you are engaged in a spiritual battle. Well, where do we fight the spiritual battle? Second Corinthians chapter 10, the Bible says that we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our, our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for, for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination, bringing every thought into captivity to, to, to the obedience of Christ. So the battlefield is in the mind. Then there is spiritual opposition in the workplace through people. And the only way you are going to overcome, and you better hear me this morning, the plans, the strategies, the attacks of Satan against you, your family, your health, your finances, is if you will stay rooted and anchored on the promise of God and in the posture of prayer. Now you can give the Lord a, a hand clap, come on. You have to stay in the posture of prayer. And this is not a heavy against uh, uh, Christians. But if you ask the average Christian, how much time do you spend in prayer? I think it's not even one minute a day, if that long. We have to get into the place of prayer if we want to see the plans of God unfold and not play this victim mindset because prayer gives us the initiative on the battleground. Prayer gives us the advantage. Prayer shows us what God intends to do. So yeah, God comes to Elijah and I want to say it again. Elijah wasn't the super, super spiritual person. Elijah was a normal man. Jesus Although born from the Virgin Mary was both God and man, He operated in this earth as a man. He overcame every trial and test as a man, anointed by the Holy Spirit. So you have to live your life and learn to overcome as a man or as a woman. And the place to start 
obviously is in the relationship with God and when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, God always gives you a vision because it's the language of the Holy Spirit, visions and dreams, where God talks about a future and a hope, Jeremiah 29, 11. So whatever God's plan is, there will be opposition to your mission in life. How will you prevail? You have to pray until. You have to be relentless in your faith and relentless in your prayer. You have to make up your mind that you will not relent until God establishes what He promises in Jesus' Name. Isaiah 62, the Bible says, You make mention of the Lord. Do not give Him rest until He establishes what He promised. So how many of you still have a promise that you have to see realized in your life? Lift your hand and say, Amen. Now I know we, 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 we just want to sit back and we want to see miracles happen. But thank God, that's not the way God called us to live. He called us to live by faith. He calls us to live intelligently, reliant on His grace, and He has given us certain weapons and tools that we can use. And if we use them, we will see the results He wants us to have. So let's talk about Elijah. Elijah, who was prone to discouragement. Elijah, like maybe you today, you've been praying, your promise hasn't realized, and you've already thought, I'm going to give up. This is not working. Well, let's talk about that this morning in the place of suffering. Because when we suffer, we don't want to pray, do we? We want somebody else to pray. But that's what God says. He says, if any man is suffering, let him pray. Why? Because you are going to strengthen your spirit man through prayer. And then you are going to change your perception and your perspective when you pray. But if you're not in a place of prayer, you will be overwhelmed by your giants, by your storms and by your circumstances. So, 1 Kings 18 verse 1, the Bible says, It came to pass after many days, three and a half years, the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, Go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. Now, that's a promise. Rain represents life, breakthrough, blessing, increase, growth. So there's the promise in the midst of drought. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Now, how many of you know there wasn't a cloud in the sky? Lift your hand and say amen, because it's true, okay? So Elijah has a promise. He receives the promise and then he applies the principle that we have to live by. He says what God says. Romans 4, 17, He calls what is not as though it is. He doesn't say what is as if it is. He says what will be as if it is. He says, go tell Ahab, there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Listen, you have to open your spiritual ears and begin to hear the abundance of rain. You have to lift your eyes and see the clouds gathering. Stop focusing on the dearth and the barrenness and the lack and begin to celebrate the promise of God, the goodness of God, the restoration of God, the years that the locust and the canker worm have stolen from you. God says, I will report, restore. I will give you double portion in this land. I will bless you in the name of Jesus. You have to change your perspective. You have to change your confession. You have to get death and doubt out of your tongue and begin to say what God says and say what God says and declare what God declares until you see what God wants you to see. Amen. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, what does God actually do? Two things. He changes your vision 
and he gets a hold of your tongue. Want waar mens is die grootste probleem? Hierdie klein ding, sê Jacobus 3, die ding in jou mond. So, you know, I told you this story and it's funny, it remains funny to me, this woman that always had problems, lady, okay. And uh, she comes to the pastor, a friend of mine in Bloemdijn, from uh, Agape Church, and um, he was a very gentle uh, soul. He counseled the woman for so many, many, many times and she, she had a problem with her husband, a problem with everything like some people. They always have a problem. You pray for them next week, they have the same problem. You pray for them next week, they have the same problem. My husband this, then my husband this, I am my husband this. And one day he came to her, he said to her, please just open your, open your mouth. She said, yes. He said, stick out your tongue. She said, what? Grijp hy haar tong. Hy sê, hylle jou probleem. Tot jy nie verander wat uit hierdie mond uitkom nie, kan die heren vir jou niks doen nie. Come on. You have to get death and doubt out of your mouth. You have to let go of the negativity. You cannot pray one thing and say something else. You have to make up your mind what it is that you believe. Whoever says to the mountain be removed and does not doubt in his heart but believes the things he says will have come to pass, he will have whatever he says. You have to say and keep on saying until you see what God says. Amen. You cannot live like this world. So the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you and He changes your vision. He changes your vision. He changes your outlook from the giants to the grape, from lack to abundance. Come on, no matter where you are, because He has a famine, three and a half years, there's a promise. It's going to rain. Divine restoration, orchestrated breakthrough. Where should your focus be? Not the desert, the lack, but on the promise. So he had to change his vision as Ezekiel had to when God brought him to the valley of the dry bones and he lifted him above the valley, the nation, the economy, Eskom, whatever it is. And he said, can Eskom live? Well, I have to say to God what Ezekiel said, only you know God. Faith cannot operate outside of agreement. If you're not in agreement with God, your faith cannot operate. You have to come into agreement with what God promises, no matter how impossible. So on Pentecost, God does many things, but one of the most powerful things He does is He fills you with a vision and a dream. So um, the Holy Ghost comes, fills you, but ye beloved being filled in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So God wants you to live in a place of fullness because when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you see things the way God sees them. When you are full of the world, you see things the, the way the world sees things. Okay, so the Holy Spirit gives you a new perspective on life, gives you vision, fills you with hope, gives you power, which is called grace, and then He t- changes your language twofold. He fills you with a prayer language. A lot of people say praying in tongues is not necessary. My brother, you're never going to be a spiritual person if you are not a tongue-talking believer. Let me just say it. It's not going to get you to heaven, but you want to live a spiritual life. You better be a rakamase kebere oshoko landa baba sataraba siambro korobahanda basete tebre boko robosonomokolaboshotoriandraba rebesete pepe boko shokoroba. You better be a tongue-talking believer and if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You better go see your pastor and your pastor must lay hands upon you so you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues according to Acts 19, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, the whole pattern of the New Testament. 
Because when you pray in tongues, your mind is dethroned and your spirit man prays the divine will of God. How many of you know there are times when you pray for something you don't know how to pray as you ought, but Romans 8 says the Holy Spirit takes hold together with you. I lift up John to you, Father. You pray pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray the divine will of God. You don't limit God because your prayers are limited. Your understanding is limited. But when you pray in tongues, no man understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries to God. Satan will steal everything from your life that generates power. And speaking in tongues generate power. Come on, if you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues for 15 seconds. Come on, stir up that gift. Come on there on television as well. Pray a little bit in the Holy Ghost today. Pray a little bit in the Holy Ghost there in Bloomingdale North, Bloomingdale South. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray, 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 pray. Amen. 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 You know, um, when I got saved, I prayed in tongues 24-7 all the time. And um, in those years, I drove through to Bloomingdale twice a week. The Rita always used to drive with me. And I wasn't very polite because all I would do was pray in tongues. From when I climb in the car, I would pray in tongues. But not pray. And I would sing. And one day, literally just said, please, you're not the only one in the car. I said, I know God's here as well. But you're sitting in traffic, everybody is on Bluetooth. They don't know you're talking to God. Just act like you're on your phone. Oh, your sign language is going to change for the taxi that cuts you off. And when you see again, you're on a high, Holy Ghost high. You're building up yourself in your most holy faith. You're not sitting all agitated. You're communing with God. You're talking to God. So when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you receive the ability to pray in tongues. And Satan doesn't like it because Satan doesn't understand it. So Satan cannot try to prevent it or delay it. That's why when you pray, you say, Our Father, and you bring your husband, you bring your wife, you bring your business, you bring your church, you bring your zone before God, and then you get to work in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray, 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 pray. And you know what I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost takes hold together with you until you find that relief least in your gut and you know you know John is going to be saved or you know Paul's going to come back to God because you exercise the authority God gave you through prayer in Jesus name by the Holy Ghost and then God changes your confession which is very very important altar call I don't want to go yet and chase me away from my own church So, if you don't spend time in the Word, listen to me. Listen, 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 listen. As a belief. I can't think what to emphasize. Um, you cannot be a believer and not planted in a local church. Don't tell me I can't. You cannot. It's not God's pattern. Acts chapter 2, read the Bible. 
You need instruction in the Word of God. If I was here, I would enroll in Bible school. I would enroll in courses. I would study the Word as the Bible says. I would get as much Word knowledge as I could because knowledge of God's Word gives you power. God cannot lead you beyond your revelation of God's Word. And the Holy Spirit can only bring to remembrance what you know is in the Bible. So if you neglect the Bible, you will never have faith because the Bible is the source of your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to thy word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. His newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You cannot not have a healthy word intake daily because you build your house on the rock, Matthew chapter 7. You build your life, you stand when the storms come. So that gives you the faith through your prayer life and a healthy diet of God's Word to say what God says because the promise comes and that's the basis of Elijah's faith. It's going to rain. He has a scripture. You need two or three scriptures that validate your promise from God in the New Testament. Amen. And then he, 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 he declared it. He prophesied it into being. Can these bones live? You know, Lord. Then prophesied to them. Then he went to work. And this is where many believers fail. He did what the flesh doesn't want you to do. Watch and tarry. Pray with me for one hour. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your flesh does not want you in the posture of prayer. Your flesh will always oppose that which is spiritual. That's why you have to master your flesh by exercising spiritual things. Coming to church, worshiping God, reading your Bible, praying in tongues, praying prayer. It's the only way. There is no other way. Amen. How long before the TV leaves? Two minutes. So Elisha, listen, has a promise as we all have of restoration. So Ahab went to eat and drink. That's the world. Near Sarkni. Amen. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, to the mountain, to his prayer closet. And he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. He shut the world out and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went and looked and said, there is nothing. Seven times he said, go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, second time, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. It happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain of God's blessing which is heading your way. Heavy rain of revival, heavy rains of restoration. I declare it in Jesus' name. So I rode away and went to Jezreel and the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he did a Usain Bolt. I want to say to the television audience here today, you may be sitting in uh, you may be sitting anywhere in the world. You are not hopeless. God is the orchestrator of great deliverance. Peter was in prison and he prayed. 
The whole Bible is filled with men and women of God in difficult times who pray. We started out James chapter 5. Is any suffering, let him pray. Come on, my friend. You have a Father. There is a throne of grace. You approach God boldly. Make your needs known. Draw closer to Him. He will answer your prayer. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So Elijah, I also have to go like Elijah. I can't run to Johannesburg, so I have to fly there. Um, you know, on a broom. So in any case, some of you take pictures of the broom. It's not my broom. It's a chartered broom, by the way. Okay. So in any case, to the pure, all things are pure. So if you're looking for a fault, you'll find it in your own eye. Go look in the mirror and then see that beam. Because when you're looking... Our direction, we all feel we have to duck. In any case, so Elijah is like us. He has a promise. And he begins to say and declare what God says about his future, which is prophecy. He declares it. Then he goes to work. He begins to pray. And that is the way Jesus taught us to pray. He taught us to pray persistently. He taught us to pray until. He taught us to ask and keep on asking, to seek and to keep on seeking, to knock and to keep on knocking until what we seek, we find. What we ask for, we will receive. And what, where we knock, the door will be opened. The Bible says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and His ears are open to our prayers. God is not somebody that is holding out on you. God is waiting for you to position yourself before that amazing throne of grace and that you will make up your mind to actually believe the promise that God has for you in your life. And I pray today that from today you will be relentless in your faith and in your pursuit of the dream and the vision that God has for you. No matter how impossible things may seem, no matter the opposition, no matter the dark clouds and what you've gone through during this terrible time of lockdown, tragedy and loss and hurt and pain. You have a God who cares about you, a God who loves you, a God who is for you and a God who calls you into a covenant relationship of prayer. And one of the rights of that covenant is that we have the right to petition our Father according to His will. That we can stand before the throne of grace and we can say, Lord, my name is Hannah. There was a book like that, brilliant book. Hear my prayer. And if you look and your finances have not changed, there still is in the cloud. Lord, my name is Hannah. I'm here again to remind you of your promises that my husband will be saved, my son will be on fire for you, my body will be physically healed, our country will be restored, I will get a job. And if you look and things are still the same, you have to go present yourself before that throne of grace again and say, Lord, here I am again. I'm not gonna go away. My name is Hannah. 
You gave me a promise, Father, and I know that my deliverance is on the way. And the next day you go back to God, you say, Lord, here I am again. Like the woman with the issue of blood, I am going to ask and keep on asking and I'm going to knock and I'm going to keep on knocking until the door is open. Because Father, you said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? You have to position yourself before the throne of grace. But certain requirements, number one, believe the promise. Number two, get a hold of your tongue. You cannot pray about for your husband and gossip about him at the same time. You cannot pray for your husband and phone your mother and talk death. You have to make up your mind what it is you believe. I mean, nowhere did Elijah change his posture. Notice, he put his knee, his face between his knees to shut out the world. He didn't lift up his eyes like a mere cat and look. Why? Because it might have affected him. He told the servant, go look and tell me what you see. Where was he focused on the promise? What did he do? He prayed. Next Sunday, my husband is not coming to church. He's not coming. You pray, 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 pray until he wakes up one morning. He says, honey, let's go to church. That's not your time then to say, I've been waiting for you to say that. Then say, yeah, let's go to church. Okay, in Jesus' name. You pray, 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 pray till your financial director comes back and say, you won't believe it. We just got signed the biggest deal that's going to get this company out of debt. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And, 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 and then you can say it's going to rain when that cloud is there. Come on, family. We are not a hopeless. We have a future. We have a God. We are seated above. We are on the winning side. We have power through prayer. Come on in Jesus' name. So won't you stand today and lift your hands and let your request be made known unto God. They're in Bloemfontein. You're in Pretoria. Oh, come on. Ask God for something today. Lift somebody up to God today. Remind God of His promise today. In the name of Jesus, have a moment because prayer is something we don't just listen to, something we do. Come on, have a moment. Then we're going to have a worship song, an altar call, give a great offering, and we're going to go home blessed and changed by the power of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, right now we just come before You, lifting hands to You, and we thank You that this morning we can come and we can turn our eyes upon You. And we thank You as we turn our eyes upon You. We start seeing things change. We see that cloud forming in front of our eyes, the size of a man's hand. And from there we see that rain falling and falling and falling upon every single one of our lives. We thank You, Father, that there's no substitute for our relationship with You. There's no substitute for those moments in prayer when we really pray and change things. And as Pastor preached this morning, when we start putting action to those prayers, we will be that unstoppable force. We will be those people that will change our world, change our families, change our situations because of the power that there is in prayer, because of your faithfulness. We honour you and we thank you that this morning we were stirred up, we were ignited to pray like never before and to truly turn to prayer, that it will always be our first resort and not our last. We honour you for what you have done right now. And right now, I just want every head bowed, every eye closed. 
with no one moving in this place. And I want you to pray for every person that needs to give their lives to God. I want you to pray intercede. And right now, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Maybe you're standing in this place and it's yeah, it's your very first time you're at church. Or maybe you've been coming to church over and over again. But something changed in you this morning. And as you walked in here, you felt this presence. You felt something that you never experienced before. I want to tell you that that is the love of God. It is His love. And right now, if you're in this place and it's your first time yeah. And you've never had that relationship with God. You've heard the sermon today, the power of prayer and how prayer truly changes our life. How prayer truly shapes our future. How prayer truly helps us through every situation. But you're standing here and you're like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to do. Hey, the first step that you need to do is have a personal and intimate relationship with God. You have to invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, to be your first love. And I want to tell you right now that He loves you. He loves you so much. He does not care about the mistakes. He does not care about the failures. He does not care about the bad things that have happened. No, He cares about you. He cares about helping you. He wants to just love you and He accepts you for exactly the way that you are. So even if one time you had a relationship with Him, but you turned away from Him because of the pain, because of the disappointment, because of rejection in your life. Hey, I want to tell you that He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. No, He has waited there completely with His arms open wide to embrace you again, to take you with Him home. So if that is you in this place and you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, or if you want to come back home, then on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand up. One, two, three, just raise your hand up high. Come on. He died for you. He gave everything. He shed His blood for you because that is how valuable you are to Him. That is how important you are to Him. And if you were the only person here on earth, He still would have died on the cross for you because that is how much you mean. So I'm going to ask one more time. If that is you in this place and you have not given your life to Jesus, then just lift up your hand right now. Raise it high, raise it high, raise it high. Thank you. Come on, there's more of you. There's a stirring inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit busy urging you to come and give your life to Jesus. Come back home this morning. So if that is you, just lift up your hand. We are so proud of you and you're going to see your life will never be the same again. God comes and He changes your life. And from today, You never have to be alone again. You never, ever have to be alone again. This moment, you need to remember this moment forever because this is where your life changes. And from here, you will see, you will become, like Pastor said today with prayer, as you start to pray and as you grow in your relationship with God, how things start to shift in your life. It is our honor, it is our privilege to pray with you today. Come on, it's never too late. Amen. It truly is our honor and our privilege to pray with you today. So I'm going to ask you to put your one hand on your heart, raise your other hand to heaven and just stretch your hands out to everyone and just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for all of my sins. Thank you that from today, I believe that Jesus rose again. Thank you, Jesus, that from today, I am a new person. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for changing.
changing me. Thank you for loving me. And thank you that from today, my past is forgotten and I can start focusing on the greater things that you have for me. I love you, Jesus. You are my King. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. And everyone says, Amen and Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.